Let's read together. Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the wilderness these 40 years to humble and to test you in order to know what's in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commandments. He humbled you, causing you to hunger and then feeding you with manna to teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Know then in your heart that as a man disciplines his son, so the Lord your God disciplines you. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land where bread will not be scarce and you will lack nothing. When you have eaten and are satisfied, be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God. Then your heart will become proud and you will say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have provided the wealth for me. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. We're going to start with an exercise. It's called blink I want to ask you to just blink twice. Okay, first time. Look back at the past year and just blink your eye. What came to you? Just hang on to it. Just that one word that came to you. Let's do it again, looking to the future. The next year, let's blink. What came to you? That word. doesn't matter what it is. It can be a thought, a word, an emotion. Uh, just sit with it. It can be impossible. It's not possible to do it. Just sit with it for a moment. It's that time of the year. And we tend to look back and we tend to look forward. And uh, a dominant feeling about our future in the world we are living with, within South Africa, that's got a lot of worlds in it, it feels that it's very challenging, tough. Mm, is that right? And apart from our collective challenges, we have personal challenges in relationships and, and our bodies and in a lot of other ways. We are some or other place in our lives in a difficult spot. Now, the Bible has a word for it. Um, speaks about this place a lot of times. And one of the words is wilderness, a metaphor. And for the Bible students, 1 Corinthians 10 and Hebrews 3 says that we are in the wilderness. The writers write to new Christians and tells them and speak to them about their difficult situation. And he says, you are like Israel in the wilderness. It's the same. And we've just read the passage, chapter 8, that we've read. It's all about the Israelites and it's a word to them. A God is sharing his wisdom through Moses telling them about the wilderness experience, what it is, why they are going through it. And Moses tells them how to cope with it, what to do in this place. 
And the wisdom of Moses is basically this, that more important than your circumstances is how you look at your circumstances. It's not the wilderness is what you think of the wilderness. It's how you react to the wilderness. If you have a different attitude and you look at it differently, you will experience it differently. You can look at your past in one way and it will make you bitter. You can look at your past in another way and you'll be thankful. You can look at the future and you can be hopeful. Or you can look at the future and you can be fearful. It depends on you. And Moses shared his wisdom about this experience. So what is the wilderness? Well, it's a place of threat and danger. There's a lot of serpents and scorpions. It's a place of lack and scarcity. We gain hunger and we thirst. It's a place of unfulfillment. Now, the wells dry up. The things that used to satisfy me don't satisfy me anymore. The work, the relationship, the honeymoon is over. It's getting tough now. And then it's a place of uncertainty and and unstable circumstances. The streams just vanished. So one day they're there, the next day they're not there. It's an unpredictable place to be in. Well, if we can use... If we can use our language, we would say it's to move into survival mode. It's because we are threatened. Our life, as we know it, are threatened. And I want to protect it. And what happens is that we usually focus on our basic needs. Food, drink, the house, the car, pleasure becomes of utmost importance. We can say, we can call the metaphor about bread, the things that I can, that feeds me, the physical, that, the outside stuff. And something psychologically and physically happens to us as well. Well, uh, uh, we, we say we stress about it. But what happens to us when we stress? Well, our nervous system are triggered. The fight and flight response kick in. The sympathetic nervous system are activated. And, in, and you release stress hormones, adrenaline and cortisol. And the problem is that for a lot of us, it doesn't happen like with our forefathers once a month and you've got time to recover afterwards because the adrenaline and cortisol has to work out of you, and that's not a pleasant experience. You feel down, grumpy, irritated while it works out of you. That we are activated all the time. It happens to us, not through a tiger or a, or a, or a lion. It's just an email, a phone call, and it happens frequently. We stay in this place. And of course, we feel down and after a while we can't feel anymore. And it's not a way to live. So we want to feel that we're alive. We, we want to feel a happiness. And that is why this place is the place of addiction. It's a place where addictions are born. We just want to escape the boredom 
the monotonous, the pressure to feel alive again. So that's something of what it is and what it feels like to be in the wilderness. Now, why the wilderness? Why do we end up in the wilderness? And, and this passage that we've read is a bit upsetting. God led them through the wilderness. And he, he, he was even responsible for the fact that they went hungry. He also provided for them. He didn't let them die, but he let them suffer in the wilderness. Why? If I can paraphrase verse 4 and 5, is to know in your heart that he is your father and that he teaches you not to live by bread alone. That's why we have this experience. Let's unpack this idea for a moment. To know in my heart he is my father. He's your father. He's your source. You came out of him. If it wasn't for him, you won't be here. You're his idea. And you're his child. You're dependable. You can't live life on your own. You're his child. And he loves you. He cares for you. He won't let you die. Um, in the wilderness, he, he provided you with manna. But you could make bread as well. But he, he wants that dependency, that, that trust in him. Because he can see things that you can't see. And you've got to learn to trust your father. And it says that that's the metaphor of the bread. He says, you know, bread is something that we co-create with God. Um, we create the bread, but we only create it through the strength that we receive from God, the ingenuity that we receive from God, and from the grain that we receive from God. But it's so easy to think you are doing it through your strength. And, and, and that's one of the things that you've got to learn to get the clarity that everything that I have is from God. And he loves you. His intentions are so good for you. I mean, he wants to take you to a land where there's no lack, but you've got to go through this to get to that land. So what happens if you don't believe this? You don't believe there's a God or you believe, no, my father is not good. He's not involved in this thing. This is just bread. We're talking about something physically that I'm going through the wilderness. And don't deny it. Well, then you're up to yourself. You've got to look after yourself. And how can you? How can you handle the serpents? How can you handle the well that dry up? How can you? You, you cannot. You're not, it's not possible for you to do it on your own. And, and you, you will lose meaning. You'll be fearful and life would have no meaning because there's nobody to hang on to. And it's something that you shouldn't just know in your head. You should know it in your heart. The desert is the place where you will come to know in your heart. I'm a cyclist. And when I started cycling, I didn't wear a helmet. It wasn't mandatory at that time, 
But um, I didn't like it. It just inhibited my freedom until I fell. I had a concussion and it was it. And soon after that, one of my friends is in an accident, team members, and he's sitting with repercussions up to today. At that moment, I had no problem putting on my helmet, becoming obedient and doing what logic and what was recommended. What happened? I, I didn't receive any new knowledge. But the knowledge shifted, you know, through this experience of pain. I got insight. It's another level of cognition. I, I sensed. I imagined. I intuit. Now, all of these functions together are called your heart. So we could say the knowledge went down from, went down from my head to my heart. I knew that I knew this is the right thing to do. So, and he, God does this in the wilderness by teaching us. Now, the first thing is the fact that God teaches us. This more than meets the eye when it comes to the wilderness. It's not just about the physical experience. There's something behind it that you cannot see. It's so important. If you don't think that way, what will happen to you? Well, you would blame. You would blame other people and poor Moses. They could just see their thirst. They could just express their physical frustration of the circumstances, and they projected it on the leader. It's your fault, or it's the system, or other people. Or you could blame yourself. I'm sinful. I haven't done the right things. I haven't done enough. I should be more alert or whatever. And in a very subtle way, if you believe in God, you start questioning God. Why does he do it? Are you insinuating that he's not that intelligent? He doesn't know. Do you insinuate that he doesn't care, that he doesn't have the, your best interest at heart? We say things like, well, if anything can goes wrong, it will go wrong with me. You know, nothing works out for me. We've got to know this purpose and what's happening. God's in this. So what's he teaching us? Not by bread alone. Oh, life is more than the physical more important than bread. That's what Jesus said in his temptation. Is the words of God. Is relationship. Is connection. Is the unseen world. That's the world of the why. Is more important than the what of this life and of this world. That is true life. Through suffering you will enter into true life. Now how does he discipline us? Through pain. And there's a lot of words that are used, you know. He humbled us. He tested us. It's, a, it's also a temptation. It's a, a chastisement. A lot of words, different perspectives. It's from a human uh, perspective that we are trying to describe the things that are happening to us. But Moses said it is the same thing we do with our children. Think about it for a moment. You know. He didn't do his homework. He told a white lie. He only eats ice cream. 
at the dinner table, doesn't want to eat his food. So what do I do? Well, first of all, I ask him, please do it. It would be good for you to do it. Does he become obedient? Does he listen to me? No. So what now? Well, step two. I've got to go. I've got to do something. Uh, take it a bit further. So, you, your homework, you're going to sit with the consequences. Please, Dad, just write a letter. Tell them we had an emergency. I'm not going to lie and I'm not going to save you in this one. You handle the emergency. You are irresponsible. You'll see what happened to you in life if you are not obedient. Um, white lie, you're going to say, you're going to say, I'm sorry. No, what would they think about me? Yeah, it's going to be hurtful. Tell them, you know, you knew that what you're telling them will put them under another impression. And there will be no more ice cream in the house until you start eating your food. Delayed gratification. So that's pain coming into his life. Why? Because I've got a dream for him of becoming somebody better. I've got a dream to be a man of integrity, to have in character, to have this, live this virtuous life because it's better. It will take you to a wonderful life. Not what you get will give you a wonderful life, but who you are will determine your life. I'm doing this, giving you this pain now to the extent that I think is appropriate for the age and the place of your development to avoid greater pain. And I'm not doing this for you to earn my acceptance. I'm doing this because I love you. Now you can think, um, he just wants me to perform and I can't keep, keep up to standards or whatever you're telling yourself. It's not that. I, I, I'm doing this because I care. And the fact that you can't do it breaks my heart and I love you even more to assist you, to be there for you, so that you can enter into a better life. Let me make it very practical. Most of us had at least one critical primary caregiver in our upbringing. You never felt that you were enough. And um, you never really received the blessing over your life. You wanted to feel and to hear and to really know that you are loved and accepted and that you're okay. But then you heard the gospel. But that's what God is like. And it was wonderful to you. Yeah? This is what I've been looking for all my life. And you knew that you are a child of God and he loves you. But it, it didn't have that big effect on your life yet. You were still very critical, hard on yourself, tend to work too hard, too much, wanted to show yourself, other people, that you can do it, that you are somebody, wanted to impress. And according to the psychoanalysts, this type of behavior is directly linked to the fact that, uh, of your parenting, so you, and, and, and this way of life causes a lot of suffering for yourself. 
And you wonder, where's God in this? Why doesn't God help me? Why does this all the stuff, the stress, and why does it all happen? You knew he's your father in your head, but you don't know it in your heart yet. And you realize that so much of my life is still built on the sand and not on the rock. I am saved, but I'm not whole yet. I've got to renew my mind. My mind's got to be renewed. And you turn to Christ in a new way for the first time in this way. And you get to know him. And something in you shifts. And you experience a deeper joy. And the fact that he's your father suddenly becomes more real. And it's more integrated into your life. And this is a process that will go on right through our lives. How do I do this? Us in Christ is our example. What happened to him in the wilderness is perhaps gives us an idea, a sense of what the nature of the relationship with the Father would be like to live in the wilderness. Well, he first of all heard a voice from heaven that said, You are my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. It's interesting that Paul says in Romans 8.16 that the Holy Spirit speaks to us and tells us deep in our hearts that we are the children of God. I mean, the same thing that happened to Jesus is happening to us. The Holy Spirit speaks to us. Can you imagine? At an unconscious level, there is something going on deep between you and God, the Spirit. He is speaking to you and he's telling you things. And the main thing he's telling you is that he's your father. He loves you. You're his child. And a part of our walk with God is to become conscious and to hear this voice. And Henry Nouwen says, I, I want to hear this voice clearer. And I want to know, I want to hear it more often. You are my son. I'm well pleased in you. But then life happens. He went into the wilderness. And suddenly, it's a time of testing. You know, to think about it, not even Jesus escaped the wilderness. In fact, the Hebrew writer said, he learned obedience through his suffering. Christ. But how did he, what, what happened to him? When he got to a place where he got the thoughts that it's only bread for me. It's only the physical and I've got to care for myself and I've got to do it now and I want it now and he, and. There was, scripture came to him, the scripture that we've read. And he said, it is written, men shall not live by bread alone, but on every word that comes out of the mouth of God. And Luke says, every word that is coming out of the word of God now. That's the way we live. So, so the, the scripture that becomes alive to us and the specific circumstances that we are in. It's words that feed us. And that's, it gives us an idea of the type of relationship that can develop between us of God. So, we can only live 
if we start living in a deep relationship with him. That's what life's about. And in the wilderness is the time to really learn it and to know it in our hearts, to experience it, taste and touch the eternal life, the life that will go on forever between you and God in the wilderness. And then at the end, all shall be well. Everything shall be well. Julianne of Norwich, in a pandemic, got this insight and she says, everything shall be well. And a famous poet of our time says, and if, if it isn't well yet, it ain't the finish yet. It ain't the end yet. So, I want to bless you with the words that the priest blessed the people of God in the wilderness to sustain them. He told them and he said, the Lord bless you and he keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and he give you peace. Amen.